You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening again. I'm Billy Embody, bringing you guys a podcast on the bye week as SMU wrapped up a 59-51 win over East Carolina for homecoming over the weekend, moving on to 9-1 on the season so far, which is really all they really wanted to do heading into the bye, just improve to 9-1, get into the bye, and begin preparations for two really, really big football games down the stretch for Sonny Dykes and the Mustangs. Coming off of that 59-51 win, I think a couple things stand out to me. And it's, it's pretty easy to, to talk about. Shane Bouchelle, what he does for this offense is just incredible. And then on the other side, SMU has some serious things to clean up in the secondary. And, and I think, and, and I'll go more in depth on the defensive side in terms of what I, what I think is kind of going on. But look, the offense right now is just rolling at just such a successful clip. And, and just what they've been able to do as, as an offense is, is what they've really done all season. And and Shane Bouchelle is is playing some of his best football, and and that's what you want coming down the down the stretch here. If, if you're SMU, you want him stepping up and certainly being this this alpha leader and 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 making the plays down the stretch that that you know he can make and has made so far this season. And and I think when you look at the season that he's had and what he's been able to do, it's been consistent, and he's made throws that just make you go wow. And and he did more of that in front of uh, a conference record home crowd at Ford Stadium and 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 you know for a homecoming crowd and and where the program has been that was also impressive the the crowd that SMU had um, but look SMU's averaging 45 points a season they've scored at least 34 points in every game this year and 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 broke really their top uh, point total for the season by 10 uh, topping the 49 they scored earlier this year and it's an SMU record in terms of uh, 40 plus point games. It's the eighth time they've done that this season. They're on pace to break the all time scoring record in a season for SMU, topping the 2017 team. They had 636 total yards of offense. Xavier Jones had 150 yards on the ground. Shane Bouchelle, 414 yards to the air. It's his third 400 yard passing game of the season. Really, really just impressive stuff. And, and SMU now uh, owns. Uh, two of the top four all-time single-game total yard performances just off this season alone, and and three of the top five. So, uh, look, they're they're rolling offensively. A lot of confidence in this group, and and so I think that's just again, it's just something to build off of as they continue to kind of you know go through this season and 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 navigate uh, this this stretch and and a big stretch it's going to be Navy and Temple excuse me, Navy and Tulane coming up to close out this season, a road game at Navy on November 23rd at 2.30 Central on CBS Sports. And then Tulane will find out where that game stands in terms of a game time. I think we'll find out next Monday. So after the open date, you'll you'll get that as SMU will, will close out the regular season at home, potentially with a division title on its hands. And look, defensively, and I don't mean to – I'm going to go two places with this. One, I I don't mean to say this as if there aren't issues, but SMU has now, I think, gotten through it in terms of the, the, the most difficult things to defend. They've gotten through Memphis. They certainly didn't play that well. 
but they gave themselves a chance to win and they gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Against East Carolina, same story. But you know what? Both offenses have been red hot. They had two really good quarterbacks that are playing at a high level. Certainly Brady White pulled out his best game of the year against SMU when they played in Memphis two weekends ago. And then Holton Aylers torched a top 25 defense the week before in Cincinnati and and did it again against SMU. So, look, I don't think this is something that is going to be easily fixed this year when they do face a team like this. Cincinnati certainly showed the ability to to give up or to uh, to score points on a defense. East Carolina is a pretty bad defensive football team, and, and SMU is a really good offense. So I think looking down the stretch, I think SMU is going to have a chance to, to score on, East, on Cincinnati if they do make it to the conference title game. But you look at Navy. Navy's a ground and pound. Don't let the 700-some the passing yards they have this season fool you in terms of what they bring to the table. And while they've added some better passing game concepts and it certainly benefited them, that's still a game that's going to be won by SMU playing assignment football in the box, stopping the run, and forcing Malcolm Perry to beat you. I think for SMU, Sonny Dyke said that that Reggie Robertson has a has a chance to return against Navy. I don't I don't think that's the case, and I've said that for a while. I don't think he's that close. But look, if if even without Robertson, I think. SMU has the playmakers to to just out athlete Navy and, and score points and win that football game. We'll see kind of what the weather holds, but look, I mean, it was chilly, it was cold at, uh, against Memphis, and SMU kind of battled through that. If SMU can avoid some rain against uh, Navy, that'll be that'll be beneficial to them for sure. But even against Houston, they they showed they can you know score points with kind of some wet, slick conditions, and and so anyway, I think for the most part defensively, SMU has kind of passed the whole. All right, facing a juggernaut offense. Got to be able to figure it out. Tulane's got got a decent quarterback in Justin McMillan, but SMU did make him look human last year, and I think they'll be able to do the same this year. And they have a bye week. They have a lot of guys that are banged up. I think, look, I think you look at that game. Rodney Clemens, has, it was definitely banged up. Trevor Denbo has been banged up. Sonny Dykes has said he's really pretty much playing through it. Um I'm sure some of the defensive line is is banged up and and some of the linebackers as well. Delano Robinson missed the game. Brian Holloway filled in. Shane Haley uh, hasn't really returned either. So there's there's some guys banged up. Armani Johnson had that hamstring issue. So look, this is a defense that needs this bye week. And and I think we kind of felt the same after the... um, Would that have been the USF game? I think the USF game. Forget if there was a bye week between USF or Temple. But anyway... I think the bye week comes at a perfect time. It's a chance to kind of reset after two weeks of really getting getting beat and, and getting beat pretty badly. And SMU's defensive coordinator, Kevin Kane, did a terrific job last year against Navy. I expect him to do the same this year. I, I think while they've given up a lot of points and a lot of yards, it's been a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. I wouldn't necessarily say it's been too much scheme, although I didn't like Patrick Nelson playing that deep safety, but at the end of the day, he was also kind of matched up on a slot that really hadn't done a ton and just kind of got burned for it. And they set an AAC record for reception. So for me, I I think, again, the bye week comes at a perfect time. SMU was able to get two sacks, had seven tackles for loss. Uh, They've already tied the record for most sacks in a season, dating back to 1981 with 42. They picked up a fumble that gets them back on the, on the fumble recovery train uh, and, and take away train. And with a, with a team that's running the ball really well right now with Xavier Jones, who had 157 yards, 
Cayman Freeman, who had another strong game. I, I like SMU to, to, to be able to, I think, overcome some of their defensive deficiencies in the past and certainly take a, a, a really a stand these last two games and close out a an 11-1 regular season and, and give themselves a shot to go to the conference championship game if, if Memphis does indeed lose to Cincinnati. So there's a lot going on right now. Navy plays Notre Dame. So look, I mean, they're going to be coming off of a game that's super important, very emotionally draining. And, and that's part of the reason why I like SMU's chances against against um, Navy is they are playing a, a, a very strong football team. And and then you look ahead at the regular season, SMU is going to have all eyes on uh, Memphis and Cincinnati on uh, November 29th. And and, and that'll kind of be really the the telltale sign as, as to if SMU will make the conference title game. So a lot of football left to be played. The good thing for SMU is that that Memphis-Cincinnati game is so far away that they don't have to – they just have to worry about playing football. They, there's nothing they can do right now but other than play football. Uh, to quote Sonny Dykes, go 1-0 a, a day and go 1-0 each week and do all those things. And so – I think SMU's poised to do that. I think they've got the team to do it. I think they've got the leadership. And they. I think every time this year they've faced some issues, they've done a really nice job correcting them. So early in the season, the offensive line wasn't playing particularly well in the, at times, but they really improved each of those first three weeks of the year. And now they're probably the strongest, one of the strongest units on the team top to bottom. I think another unit that, that deserves some some praise is, is certainly the, the special teams uh, they went to Charles Cannon as the kickoff guy. He was vastly improved. The special teams kick coverage unit, you know, got that fumble recovery and and really changed the tide of the game a little bit there. And and certainly, um, you know, they they were just able to get get things done. And and again, I I think it's a lot of credit to attacking problems. They they do like to do that. There were some changes to how the kickoff coverage team was coached. There was a lot of guys that were pretty much put on notice, and and they got after him pretty good last week at practice. And so. Overall, I, I, I like where SMU is entering this bye week. They're going to have a chance to get out on the road recruiting, get healthy, focus on some fundamentals, and then go through a normal game prep next weekend. So I'm going to come back on the other side of this break. We'll talk a little bit of recruiting. SMU sitting it with 10 commitments in the 2020 class. I want to share some things with you. I want to react to Chad Morris being hired, uh, <laughs> hired and fired. It just seemed like yesterday at uh, Arkansas as well. And I'll do that at the end. So in case anybody doesn't want to listen to it, they don't have to. And uh, we'll also talk about basketball. SMU returns to the court against New Orleans on Tuesday night in Moody Coliseum. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that game. So with that, we'll be right back with the Pony Stampede podcast right after this quick break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys. Right now we're running a promo where you can get two months for just the price of a dollar. So you can get covered all the way through early signing period, college bowl season for, for SMU, all of that you can get for just $1. And I'll remind you guys that when you do subscribe and your promotional period is up, you do get access to CBS All Access, over 10,000 shows live streaming, whether it be your local CBS or CBS Sports or or NFL on CBS, what have you, you get all of that included in your 24-7 sports subscription. And soon enough, if you want that right away, you can activate your Pony Stampede subscription to the full rate of you know 9.99 a month or, or paying a yearly you know fee or whatever um but yeah for promotion pr- promotional reasons it will be available after your promotion runs out so anyway subscribe to pony stampede great deal for you guys to get on board and and have the early signing period have all the vip recruiting scoop the coaches are going to be out on the road recruiting smu sits at 10 commits in the 2020 class we're going to talk about that in a little bit i do want to touch on smu hosting new orleans in moody coliseum tuesday night the privateers made the ncaa tournament in 2016 there they've got their head coach mark schlesinger in his eighth season now and look uh, this is a program right down the road from me uh, here in baton rouge and this is a team that you know played fairly well against butler earlier this season and and is one and one on the year. They've got Damian Roser averaging 13.5 points per game, shooting 63.5% from the field in his first two games. And SMU will have to slow him down on the three point line. They've got a couple of other players that really stand out as well. And, and Troy Green, who's averaging double figures. And look, the preseason selection, Bryson Robinson. And he's from Mesquite, Texas, so he'll be back in his home state of Texas. He's averaging 16 points and had 10 against Butler. So, look, this New Orleans team is a pretty good offensive team. They're kind of, I think, a little different than Jacksonville State from what SMU faced in their season opener. They had an entire week to, again, wait on word on NCAA transfer issue, uh, transfer waivers uh, for Kendrick Davis and for Kendrick Davis and Darius McNeil. Haven't gotten any word on that just yet. But look, they shot 40, 43% from the field and 45% from three against the Bulldogs. And and that's going to be an issue. I think SMU kind of got away with it a little bit defensively against um, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State just isn't a good offensive team right now. And so they're one of the most efficient teams in the country. And certainly SMU will have to rebound the basketball a little bit better than they did against Jacksonville State. That was something that Tim Jankovic wanted to clean up. But overall, I'm interested to see if SMU does get word of the transfers in Kendrick Davis and Darius McNeil, how they fit in. But Isaiah Mike made a great point with, with SMU, and, and that's that they have to have this killer instinct. They got to, quote, step on opponents' throats. And that's that comes from SMU really kind of letting Jacksonville State hang around, maybe not you know give them their credit down the stretch. SMU was pressed by Jacksonville State and and was really able to, you know, get get after them and and so I think overall, you know, it, it's a situation where I think there was a little bit of a learning experience in the first game for SMU. 
they've got a new group. They've got to learn how to play together and play together for 40 minutes and, and kind of close things out. And that's what I want to see. I think if you're an SMU fan and, and, and following this program, you want to see them develop that over the course of the non-conference as they kind of navigate this thing amid, you know, still question marks on Kendrick Davis and Darius McNeil. They want to put themselves in the best position that if they do get them eligible, they'll be a, in, in a good spot already going into the rest of the non-conference and certainly into the conference slate in, in January, or I think it might begin New Year's Eve. But overall, I think SMU shouldn't have an issue issue beating New Orleans, but they are a little bit more offensively efficient than Jacksonville State is. And so SMU will have to really kind of defend well, certainly grab more rebounds and, and be able to kind of take care of business Tuesday night against uh, the privateers. But on to a little bit more exciting things, onto the recruiting front for SMU. And I posted, and I'll tease this, I'm not going to talk about it on the pod just because it's for our subscribers, but Arkansas did fire Chad Morris. We'll talk more about that. But look, guys, there are some players that SMU has been recruiting off of that recruiting class for quite some time now, and there are some that are in the mix to certainly end up at SMU. So I encourage you to check out that piece. That's just kind of the positives of being a nine-win football team, a nine-and-one football team right now, having a staff of veteran recruiters and guys that have plenty of ties around the state of Texas. And it's a credit to SMU not leaving a stone unturned. So we'll see kind of how things plays out with some of these recruits, but uh, certainly some to watch out of that Arkansas recruiting class that has already seen a few decommitments. So I listed some of those guys as well. So check that out on the board. Also going to be coming with a lot of recruiting kind of nuggets all week. Where do things stand on the junior college front? What are some priorities down the stretch as far as the, the, the class goes? So where could they go with their numbers? Will they sign a running back, one or two wide receivers, kind of that type of stuff uh, that I think a lot of people are looking for right now as, as SMU continues to you know stand pat with 10 commitments. And, and so we'll talk a lot about that on the board and kind of where things stand with SMU's class on the recruiting front. But overall... I think this is a program that right now is poised to really do something special on the recruiting trail to finish out this season. I think they're they've they've got the wins they've got the wins in their column. They've got a huge home crowd that they're riding high off of uh, just this past week for homecoming. That was huge to have twenty nine thousand butts in the seats in Gerald J Ford Stadium, a conference record for SMU. I talked with Sonny Dykes about that on the on the AAC teleconference, and he said, "Look, it's huge and." To see that and to see the change in people's bumper stickers and people's gear and flags around Highland Park in Dallas. I mean, all those things that, you know, I would say big time college football towns have where it's just decked out in whether you're in Baton Rouge or Tuscaloosa or Austin and things like that, that they have SMU is starting to see because they've been successful. So SMU is the beneficiary of a lot of great facilities going on in the on the university's campus right now in terms of athletics. More improvements on the way for SMU with the weight room, and then now they've got a, a stadium that's filled on the weekends uh, or pretty much filled on the weekends to watch this football team play. That gives them a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail. So we'll talk a lot more on the board about some of these top targets. But overall, I I do just want to share that I do think that they're in for for kind of a special month of November, December, and kind of finishing finishing this thing out uh, in a positive direction. I think the staff understands that there are going to be some holes that they've got to fill. I think the transfer portal is going to be big again for SMU, and I think there's a lot of positivity around the program. The, The phone's ringing off the hook from transfers, guys, and it's going to be interesting to watch them make their moves 
on the roster and kind of decide where to go at each position because this is a team that with the amount of transfers that have that are calling, this is a team that can look drastically different once again entering next season. I don't mean like a total overhaul and they got it, they do have a lot coming back, but when you look at the depth on this team, it could look drastically different when they go out in the 2020 season and, and in spring practice. So keep an eye on that. There's just going to be a ton of info to come. Uh, excited about kind of the week with the bye week to to bring you guys that. And uh, sometimes we just get lost running through all the news and press conferences and all of that during the week that it's nice to kind of get back to what we love to bring you guys the most, which is VIP content that is not just Sonny Dyke saying something or players saying something. We want to bring you guys what you guys want to know. And so um, that's mainly VIP content, insider information. So if you guys have a question, now that you're a subscriber, feel free to post it on the board or DM me if you're not sure. But but let me let me just bring you guys that VIP content and and we're gonna we're gonna have a heck of a ride down the stretch here as far as uh, that goes with the early signing period and, and certainly as SMU chases an AAC West title. So I do want to share some thoughts on on Chad Morris being being fired at Arkansas and then close out the podcast. But for me, one, in terms of the decision to fire him, you can't lose to a quarterback that you ran off and lose the way they did. I think it was 45-19 or something like that at home on senior day after the defensive performances that they've been having lately and, and you know, having not won an SEC game in almost two years on the on the job, having not having beat another Power 5 team while being on the job. It was just all bad. And I think both parties just couldn't, especially from Arkansas side, they just couldn't couldn't do it anymore. They just couldn't allow it to slip. You have LSU coming up next week. You uh, you 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 place a a a former Razorbacks player in the interim position in Barry Looney, uh, Barry Looney, and and so look, I mean, I think when you look back on on the hire, and I thought Chad had a chance to do well. I did. I think the. When you hired Chad Morris, being somebody that had only been on the job at a at a major Division One you know, college football job for for three years, there were some things that I think as an administration Arkansas could have done to say, "Look, you've got to do X, Y, and Z though if you're coming." Because you look back on SMU's defenses, they were terrible, and you look back on the offensive line recruiting, and it was pretty pretty rough at times. Um, not many of the guys that they ever recruited ended up being players at all um, for SMU. And so I think those are two red flags for me that really stood out. I think when, you know, Chad Morris got hired, he said, we're going to be exciting. We're going to, we're going to hire the best defensive coordinator we can. And then to be honest, guys, I mean, I've, I've been in the SEC covering it now for, for um, four seasons. This is my fourth season and, and nothing about John Chavis says best defense coordinator in the S in the country. And so I think while he's got a big name, he's been around you, you've got to be more creative at a, at a, at a program like that. You have to be more creative. You have to be like Dan Mullen was at Mississippi state. Um, like Hugh freeze was at times with, with Ole Miss and certainly not the cheating aspect, but just how you recruit, how you bring in defensive coordinators and, and talent and things like that. Because I mean, you just can't have somebody that the rest of the league thinks has passed by. And I think Chad's just a little bit too loyal. You know, I love Mark Smith as a person, but he was a high school football.
football coach three years prior. He spent three years on SMU staff as an offensive quality control analyst. And then he's their defensive backs coach at Arkansas. So there are just certain things that, you know, I think at, at that level in the SEC, the margin of error is so thin. And, and even at SMU, look, Chad took over play calling duties at times from Joe Craddock. So to bring Joe along with you, I think that's kind of something that maybe you sit back and say, okay, well, should I, should I go out and get somebody else? Should I look at somebody off of, you know, the tree? Should I see if uh, Tony Elliott or Jeff Scott wanted to, you know, maybe be my OC and, and have a chance to call plays? I forget who, which one of them calls plays for Clemson, but does somebody want to call their own show? I mean, Sonny Dykes was close to hiring uh, TCU's co-defensive coordinator, Chad Glasgow. And, you know, that whole pitch was come call your own plays. And that's the creativity sometimes that you need at, at, at jobs like that. And even, even big jobs, you know, LSU, Ed Ogeron, he said, I'm going to go out and hire Matt Canada, who's the Broyles Award assistant, you know, finalist for the best assistant in the country. He was the only offensive guy in that group. I think it was, uh, I forgot the group, but I think like Todd Grantham and, and Brent Venables and Matt Canada. Well, it was a terrible marriage and it didn't fix, fix anything. So you've got to be more creative. And I, I don't think Chad had the coaching contacts to do that or, or maybe just didn't feel like he had to. And so I think that really kind of, you know, started the downward spiral, I think, before it even got going. And so I think Chad, you know, say what you want about how he left SMU. And, and, and um, I do think he left it better. I think he left Arkansas a little bit better offensively in terms of the skill position players. And certainly kind of changing the narrative about Arkansas as a recruiting power. They had some of their best classes that they've they've ever had. But overall, he just he needed, I think, a little bit more coaching from somebody else to to say, hey man, you're going to the SEC. You can't you can't bring John Chavis, who's uh, been to LSU, been to UT and AM, and everyone's been happy that they've that they've that he's been gone afterwards. And that, that's not a good sign when other fans are celebrating your hires. So look, overall, I, I think some of that staff will bounce back. I think Justin Stepp, Jeff Trailer will bounce back. I don't know many of the defensive coaches very well. Um, Jess Lepp, I think, is an analyst there. Uh, he'll maybe find something. But overall, I think Chad's going to take some time. I know he's already been contacted by one school about being an offensive coordinator. Uh, he'll have opportunities. I think he's got to just continue to grow. And, and maybe one day he'll catch on somewhere, maybe back on a, on a CUSA or Sunbelt type of level. But there were some things that you know, we saw as you know, covering SMU and you, know, you guys as fans that there were red flags when he was walking through the door at Arkansas. And there wasn't anybody over there that said, hey, wait a second, let's talk about this or let's change something. So overall, uh, I, feel, I always feel bad when coaches get fired. I really do. Uh, when you uproot your family and you make a move, or what have you, and even with how much money you know, some of these assistants get paid, it's still very difficult. And so I, I you know, I just hate to see it for some of those guys that that I know over there, and, and of course some of you guys out there as SMU fans have gotten to know, you know, certain ones that you know you, you feel bad for when they go through something like this. But um, there were a lot of ways that it couldn't couldn't have been this bad, and and um, you know, overall, it just. It just uh, was not going to be uh, something um, something that worked out. So, with that, guys, um, gonna 
you know, end the podcast on that. Uh, like I said, I warned you guys, uh, if you didn't want to listen to that, you uh, didn't have to, but certainly uh, Chad Morris out at Arkansas, not a surprise. And um, even though I thought maybe he'd get a chance to hire two new coordinators, they just decided to rip the Band-Aid off. Meanwhile, Sonny Dykes was listed as a candidate for the Arkansas job. I can tell you that Sonny Dykes is not going to go to Arkansas. So uh, very confident saying that. So no need to worry there. I know it was asked on our board. But with that, guys, going to wrap up this podcast. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. We'll have you covered for SMU New Orleans in Moody Coliseum, as well as SMU's bye week, kind of where their coaches are going on the recruiting trail, as well as some VIP content for that. So hope you guys have a great rest of the week. And thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. CBS Tonight, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.